Welcome back to It Starts With You podcast with me, Mark Hopkins. And in this episode, I get to speak to the extraordinary, the amazing, and incredibly funny lady, Sarah Potter. And I truly enjoyed this podcast with Sarah. Very entertaining lady and a very insightful lady. And if you know her from social media or from LinkedIn and the commentary she puts on LinkedIn and how she drives traffic to what she does as an internal recruiter is uh, next to genius. She is a very, very creative lady. So this is definitely worth a listen. I'll see you on the other side. It's Sarah Potter, everyone. Hello. I hope you all enjoyed that um, charming Dudley accent of mine. Um, Not many people have heard that kind of live and in stereo. So there you go. Treat for everyone. I I, I hate to spoil that, but it's actually going to be in mono because I can't afford stereo. Oh, no. There you go. (laughs) Dudley in mono. What a treat for everyone. Coming in your years in mono. Um, hey Sarah, how are you? I am. I'm exhausted, Mark. It's my first day back after a week of annual leave, and I'm shattered. <laughs> but oh, otherwise, no. fine. How, how was that holiday? I've seen some pictures. You sent me some pictures, which I thought was fun. Oh, you know what? It was one of those proper turn off your phone, turn off your social media, go and play on a beach with your nephew, and enjoy all that <laughs> England has to offer. And it was wonderful. Where did um, you go? I didn't actually ask you that. <laughs> Uh, it was down in uh, in Bridport in uh, Dorset. Dorset, I think it's Dorset. I yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, lovely. I was down in Weymouth a couple of months ago. During I was camping during Storm Hannah, actually in the storm itself. But it's a lovely place, Dorset. I really. Oh yeah, it was it was lovely, and it, it was with all my family, and and oh. yeah, it was uh, good fun. Yes. Yes. Back to the grind now, though. Back to the grind. No digging holes and burying yourself in sand. Uh, Not anymore, anyway. No. <laughs> so, Sarah, for the, for the... Well, if anyone doesn't know who they are, where have they been, first of all? <laughs> but for the listeners, you tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Who are you? What do you do? Yes, yeah, so um, I'm Sarah Potter. Um, you've probably seen me in and around um, LinkedIn. Um, around. being controversial <laughs> at times upsetting folks but yeah, there we go so I um, I currently work as an internal recruiter and I also uh, look after the internal comms for intercity technology um, so I, it's kind of a, a 60-40 split between recruitment and um, internal comms. So within the recruitment scope, I do all of the direct sourcing, all the adverts, the employer branding, all of it. It's all me. Um, so yeah, it's a big job. And then all the internal comms as well. So all the internal kind of newsletters, the comms that go around, gotcha. um, a lot of the engagement and, and all of that side of things. So it's a good mix, good fun, um, a lot of work. Um, but yeah, it's good fun. Um, is that then, onboarding as well? Is that internal comms a part of the onboarding of new staff? Or? A little bit. Um, that kind of goes more into the, um, the the wider HR team. And I say wider, there's three of us. Um, but right. um, uh, my, my two colleagues tend to pick up a lot of the uh, the onboarding and, and side of things. But we've all got kind of the same ethos. So um, we, we yeah. get a lot of kind of control over that, which is great. Don't, don't take the job. That's, that's yeah. That's <laughs> exactly. Um, and... 
and then my um my, my little side project that some of you might have seen uh, kind of knocking around on LinkedIn again uh, with uh, Kira and Tim who you've already had on your podcast um, is Hire Right Talent um, so that's kind of focusing around uh, recruitment marketing and, and comms and that side of things really kind of marrying all of our loves of both recruitment but also writing and that side of things yeah. together so As I I'm as I call doing Kira's podcast, the menage a trois of copywriting. Oh, there we go. That's beautiful. <laughs> I like that, Mark. Um, but, yeah, so that, that's kind of what I do now in a nutshell. Um, I mean, if people have ever kind of looked, I actually haven't been in recruitment for all that long, so only about three and a bit years. Um, yeah. Tell still. us about that. So you, you, you started out agency, didn't you, before you went into Yeah. So, um nothing against agency at all it just um it just didn't suit me um overall my my i'm not particularly money driven at all so that that's kind of quite difficult when you you, you know you're really striving for kind of billions and things like that when you're not driven by that um and i quite enjoyed working on the the internal side because i've got a lot more control over the process um, but also I can focus on the candidate experience, the employer branding and that side of things, which is where I think my, my skill set lies, really. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I'm still still quite new in the industry. So, um, yeah, don't don't speak to me um, like <laughs> I'm the, the oracle of recruitment. I've got opinions. So does everyone. But, yeah, that, that, that's that's me in a nutshell. And I did a fine art degree, weirdly, and ended up. Oh, I was going to ask you. Yeah, <laughs> so fine art. Okay, um, I I wanted to do art. I went into engineering, which is really strange. But uh, you could not have picked two more opposite things, there, Mark. But... I I know, but had I gone into design engineering, <laughs> that would have been a. I think it would have been quite a, a good mix because when I was in my apprenticeship, um, we used to have like free time to do like research and stuff like that, and and. Um, all I was doing is doodling cars in a, a notepad. So it was like nothing to say. You can't look at it now. Yeah, <laughs> true. I'm gonna enter that that um, one on Sundays on BBC One, isn't it? That art program. You know the ones. It's a kind yes. Of, like, yeah. My uh, my partner's parents love the um, the Sky One arts one the national portrait artist of the year it's on every sunday when we go home for dinner that's, yeah. there's, there's one watch. of bbc yeah it's one of bbc is a bit like bake-off but you know but, but with paint not for baking if you get you know. i mean it kind of takes a bit of the fun out of bake-off doesn't it really because the joy of bake-off is well the fact that there's cake um so <laughs> yeah. yeah but with, with art you've got oil all over your face uh, yeah yeah so that, that's kind of what I did my degree in and oh, wow. I started my career off at 17 at Sports Direct in retail. Um, <laughs> yeah. Tell us about Sports Direct. <laughs> Was Must it I... really as bad as everyone says it is? is it really... Oh God, there's... Oh. The first swear word of the podcast, Mark. It was utter wank. <laughs> Let me get that bingo. Oh, one pound. Yeah. One so, <laughs> for anyone playing the bingo card at home, that's that's your first one. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's. <laughs> I don't really have a nice word to say there, apart from, and this is kind of embarrassing actually. It's where I'm where I met my partner. But there we go. <laughs> oh, what a romantic place to be. I know. It's what story for the grandkids. Our eyes met over the tracky bottoms, and <laughs> yeah, the rest was history. 
Yeah, <laughs> we were we were putting shin pads on the on the, on the hand. <laughs> oh, don't, don't uh, bring you back memories. Oh, I can imagine. So that was in a shop then. It wasn't in the warehouse where all the shit was going. No, it was in the uh, in the shop, often on the tills, forced to sell the bags for life. Oh uh, God, yeah, I've yeah. got about fifty of them <laughs> under my stairs. It's it's like oh, I you will. Yeah, do you want a bag? And if, you, oh. if you've got one of those giant mugs as well. Oh, right. Quick story about Joe Mokes, right? I ordered <laughs> online once, right? And it was just, a t- I think it was like, a, oh, no, it was when Wales was in the um, Europeans and we got really far. And I thought, I better order a top now because <laughs> I'm into rugby, not football. Um, so I ordered one and then it said, oh, um, sorry, we've missed you. Got one of those Royal Mill cards. And I went all the way down there to find out that it was the fucking mug. <laughs> they. <laughs> Send free with it that she couldn't post it through the letterbox. So yeah. But the upside to that is, if you've ever wanted to have a whole tin of soup, they will fit a whole tin of soup in. So you don't need a bowl and burn your hand when it comes out the microwave. If you've got a handy little handle. Quick thinking. There's this, a tip for you. Yeah. There's a tip for you. Why giant mugs though? Seriously, why is I. Uh, the whole shop and Mike Ashley and all of it confuses me and as an avid football fan as well seeing what he's done to Newcastle United and all of that it's yeah yeah not 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 any good words for 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 Mike (laughs) Ashley or his businesses but he's an entrepreneur though he's buying up everything left right and center there you can be an entrepreneur without being an arsehole though yeah, you can. I'm trying to think of one, but it's not coming out of my head quickly enough. <laughs> maybe, um, maybe you can't be. Yeah. I, people call me an entrepreneur. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> no. Anyway. Um, so, fine art degree, is that, yeah. is that the start of the creativeness of Sarah Potter? That should be a book, by the way. The creative. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you ghostwrite it, Mark. If you're um, yeah, is that weird? I um no, I've I've always been um really creative. Even as a little tiny kid, I used to sit for hours and paint and draw and write. And I was, I was at kind of top reading age. And you know, when I was in, I think it was year year three or year four or something, I was reading books for like secondary school kids. And so I've always been sort of an avid reader, an avid painter, avid artist, and it just stemmed from there really. And then when um, I went to decide what to do at uni, it was either going to be um, English um, or it was going to be art. Um, I decided to follow something I was really passionate about, which was art, um, yeah. and and did my degree there. And you know, um, would I have gone to uni if it was the uh, the fees that people are paying now? Probably not. <laughs> But at the time, it was a you know it was a really great experience. I learned a lot and uh, met some really good friends as well. But yeah, so I've always been creative. What was your kind of end goal with your degree then? It was were you were going to go off to become an artist or work? <sighs> Do you know what I I didn't know, I didn't I didn't have a clue. Um, I didn't I didn't actually understand all of the careers that were out there, all the potential careers that you could go into, um, from a creative background. Yeah. Um, and you don't get a lot of advice with that at uni either. Um, it was pretty much either go and be a practicing fine artist or go and be sort of a, a museum curator and, and not much else that's, besides that. That's what my aunt did. She went and did an art degree and she ended up, um, no, she ended up as a potter in a, a London studio um, selling pottery to Robbie Cotrain 
which was okay. random. Um, and then she met her then husband, who is a photographer. He's a professor of photography, I think. Right. Uh, uh, in Newport. They're not together now, but that's the long story. Um, and um, they moved to Swansea. And um, she had a little potting shed as well. But she became a museum creator for a while. Um, yeah, it's a, a common one um, from an art degree. Um, but yeah it's it's really hard to decide kind of what angle you want to go down and then the other one is obviously university lecturing but then you've got to go and get a pgce and that's yeah the thing with the arts though isn't it you know history yeah. geography arts uh, not english i don't see it as english as one of those things but they, they always end up as teachers whereas if yes you yeah. maths and english you tend to end up in either media or science or engineering yeah. or something yeah. Um, and, and one of the kind of difficult things um, I think for me doing that degree as well was um, you're forced to really, really look hard at what you're doing and, and, and critique your own work and you end up writing more critique than actually creating. Um, and at times, although I was kind of writing it as part of my degree and all of this, I yeah. did feel like a bit of a pretentious twat <laughs> at times. Did you become very self-critical then? Or are you self-critical? I... I've always been um, very self-critical. Um, so I suffer massively with um, imposter syndrome all the time. I think you and Tim have discussed this, but it's yeah. something I, I struggle with on a daily basis. But it make, it does make you kind of look inwards to yourself um, it's, a lot. It's a byproduct of some people not believing they, what they're capable of. Sometimes introverts yeah. suffer from it quite quite a lot don't they yeah and um this was something that i uh, i found really interesting and um, so i'd always considered myself as more of a an extrovert so someone who can you know happily chat to people and make conversation and, and all of this and then um it was actually through chatting to kira and doing all of her um mind games kind of, yes <laughs> no, no, kira's no. mind games <laughs> yeah, um, no, she and she kind of read me like a book um, and, and, and as it transcribed, um, I'm essentially um, an extroverted introvert. So my behaviour is naturally sort of introverted. But when I'm around people who okay. I'm friends with or, um, yeah. you know, get on well with, then I can be very social and very chatty. But if I was chucked into kind of a networking event, I'd be the person up the corner with a cup of tea trying to not make eye contact with anyone. <laughs> I know that feeling. I know exactly that feeling. I found myself kind of looking into this, especially after Kira, and I found myself coming down the route of introvert, extrovert, kind of in, in front of people I try to be centre of attention that I know. But then in random situations, I just, yeah, I'll go hide you in the corner. My wife thinks it's me assessing the situation, like like I'm Batman or something, <laughs> stalking everyone in the room. Yeah, it's um, it, it's not necessarily a bad thing. And I think sometimes when you have that behaviour that's quite self-critical and self-analytical, right. you yeah. sit there and you're chatting away. And sometimes, and, and I get this all the time, in the little voice in my head going, am I talking too much? Am I only talking about myself? Am I letting this person speak? Am I letting this person contribute? Yeah. And it, it's exhausting. Um, and it's why, um, as Kira mentioned, when you do have that introversion, you do need that time to yourself to kind of rest and recuperate from that. Um, do you enjoy your own company? Is that what you find? I do, yes. Yeah. Um, so I love nothing more than doing nothing. 
on a weekend. Um, so <laughs> yeah. People say, oh, I love going out drinking. I love going to the pub. And I'm like, oh, God, no. Let me sit at home on my settee, Netflix box set. And, yeah, that's where I'm happy with. It's, it's, people don't understand that, that you can do that. Or you can sit there just listening to music for three or four hours or reading yeah. a- I think it comes oh, from... Oh, reading. Yeah. I, reading, I can read for hours and hours and hours, and it's fabulous. It's it's amazing how you can get lost in yourself. But the whole imposter syndrome, and, and like, I was like speaking with Tim about it, and with me and Tim spoke about it outside as well. It's, it's a really hard thing to get your head around if you don't understand what it is, especially when they look at someone like yourself and they see how well you do on LinkedIn and how everything, and you come across extraordinarily well. The, the, some people would scratch their heads well, why the hell do you feel like that it, but it's really hard to explain isn't it yeah it's um it's a frustrating one as well because i think obviously social media is just its own thing um that's not the entirety of me as a person that's not my whole career or my my life that that is just that social media image so what you might see as being really you know great and perfect might not necessarily be um so you know behind the the kind of veneer of it all um i know quite a few people know but not everyone does i've got a a chronic um condition as well behind all of this um so part of it is a little bit of 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 sort of escaping that and and kind of finding a little bit of positivity and um a world where i can be a little bit more active when i'm not i think it um i think it just muted a little bit there <laughs> I, had a phone, I had a phone call um yeah so just that little bit of being able to be active somewhere when you know my body's not able to be active but yeah it, it's just its own little bubble and then sometimes when I see people um you know they, they speak to me or they send me a message I love what you post I love what you're doing here I love what you're doing there and then I'm not seeing that kind of reflected in you know my day-to-day or I'm getting frustrated with something at work or something I'm trying to achieve yeah. and it just doesn't match up and then it, 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 it can become quite frustrating and it is you know it's crippling sometimes because um I am my own worst critic um and, and this is where I was coming back to the self-criticism because I knew we were going to head towards the posture syndrome because we've, we've had a conversation before with this that self-criticism is a big part of that isn't it of that a that. huge part of that yeah yeah um and I think it is the the biggest part because outwardly everybody that I kind of speak to is saying you know you're doing really well um you know I I have my kind of my my reviews at work you're doing really well people on LinkedIn you're doing great well done and then that niggling voice in kind of the, the back of my own head saying yeah but are you could you be doing more could you be doing better could you be seeing more success um and it's you know it's constant and I have you know i am trying to learn to not let that voice get the better of me i don't think it's get letting it get the better of you i think embracing it to improve self-improvement and push your foot out forward is what i've tried to do with that voice if you get me um and, yeah. and i did it for a year and a bit with videos um i think i posted like 68 videos wow <laughs> which is lovely <laughs> wow uh, and I was about, and I've slowed down at the moment because I'm trying to do these podcasts and other things at the same time. But it, it I, I found that that voice was like, oh, the first video going out, oh, no one's going to like it. Oh, they, no, no, you, you, you know, you're pretending to be someone you're not here. 
and and then people liked it and then I went oh I'll do another one then and see if that's true and then in the end it just kept me going I it, the, the voice hasn't changed at all but it's kept pushing me forward um, yeah and, and I think someone that's helped me as well obviously you've had her on the podcast is is um is Kira um she's extremely <laughs> insightful um as I said she can read me like a book um and she's really um helped me kind of channel a lot of the emotions and a lot of feelings I have towards my work and what I'm achieving yeah um, and really help direct them in a real positive light um but also when those negative emotions do come up to actually consider them and think about them and, yeah. and ask yourself is this making my life better or is it making my life worse um, and if the answer is worse then think about that emotion and, and why it's been caused and do something about it um do something positive um That's but yeah she's she's helped massively with that because um i am i am an extremely emotional person and I, I they do get the better of me at times and she's really taught me to kind of it's hard look at that it's really hard you're changing your your entire map in your brain you know to to try to motivate yourself or try to change the way you think about something or or try to convince yourself you're not an imposter and that doesn't happen overnight. That takes time to to do that, to change that map. Um, but you you do it in the end. With kind of coming close to social media here, um, obviously people know you from social media, um, kind of the posts you make. Where did that yeah. start? How did that start? What what was kind of the key of that? So when I was um, agency recruitment, um, I. I couldn't help but think that, that social media could be used in a better way to not only attract clients but candidates and improve the overall kind of brand and, and that side of things. But I, I didn't have a lot of kind of control over that. So when I moved um, in-house, I'd been seeing a lot of uh, Mitch Sullivan's posts. Um, oh, yeah, that old guy. <laughs> yeah, that, that old chestnut. Yeah. Um, and um, off the back of that, I basically was like, to, to my work so like, can I please go on this course um yeah. his copywriting course and um they were kind enough to to pay for that and send me to that um had a fantastic day learnt loads um yeah and but I took what he'd taught me him and him and Jackie who both were in the course um I took what he'd, he'd kind of taught me in that and actually implemented that in my social media posts um, not just in my advertising copy um, but at the same time I do think some of it was luck I posted at the right time got the right sort of number of likes or, or comments or whatever on a post and it kind of just spiraled from there and then yeah. once I had that kind of one big hitter of a post I felt the the need then to kind of keep up the momentum with content and then since there I've actually realized I've kind of found my niche a little bit but um, again as much as I hate telling myself this that you know I can be quite funny when I want to be um <laughs> you're funny and, all the time <laughs> <laughs> um and it, it's nice sharing that and and um sort of sharing that with an audience that I've kind of built up I get a few people who are kind of a bit more sporadic and yeah. you know might pop up on something more controversial but I've got kind of a core group of people who I, I interact with on a regular basis and um yeah. You know, it's nice having that little community there and it, it kind of drives me doing what I'm doing. 
I, I, that's a good word to call it a community because people call it a following i don't believe it's a following i think it's a community because yeah. um, you yeah. interact with them as well as they interact with you yeah i think it's really um it's really unfair to call it a following to be honest i'm not some sort of guru or someone who's going to fix somebody's life i just post funny shit on the internet <laughs> um and you know, I, I enjoy actually chatting with these people and having conversations, not just posting something, hoping they'll send me a like my way and I'll go viral. That's that's not what I want out of it. I want to have genuine conversations with people, discussion with people and, and hopefully build, you know, a wider group of friends and acquaintances that yeah. um, I speak with, which is exactly what I've done with kind of yourself, Kira, Tim, um, uh, other team and other you team. know a, yeah. a, a group of people who you know I, I can happily chat away to um and, and consider you know consider friends oh i said you were i know, I do, know. Know, do you know when um i went to mitch sullivan's copyright course um i think a couple of months after you um and the reason i know this is because when we were in it mitch said you are extremely talented which was quite, quite nice of him, I thought. I thought I'd tell Aww. you that. And um, it's true. It's you are extremely... Nice. Yeah, he's right. <laughs> you are extremely talented. Where where does your inspiration come from? Because I, I look at your posts and, and some days I'm literally on the floor crying with laughter. <laughs> uh, and other days I'm just like, ah, dad joke. Um, no, <laughs> where do they come from? Where do they come from? It's, just... I, it, it's a difficult one, really. Um, just day-to-day observations weirdly um i think a lot of it comes from the the kind of sense of humor that i was brought up with um my mom's uh, my mom's actually disabled um herself she's she's got um amongst other things she, uh, i've got the same condition that she has um oh, so okay. she's she's always had a really kind of self-deprecating humor not afraid to take the piss out of herself laugh at herself the things that she says about disabled people i'm not going to repeat here because she says them about herself and some somebody will get offended by it but she's saying them about herself and honestly she's an absolute riot um <laughs> and i've been brought up on a blend of humor of things like blackadder um oh, yeah. and that heavily kind of sarcastic take the piss out of yourself take the piss out of the everyday stop taking things so seriously um and that it's, it's just quite observational really and just looking at things and you know there's a lot of bullshit out there that there's a huge amount of just utter bullshit going around and you know what mm. i want to be the, the opposite to that but it's you know it's, it's real you know mike winnick kind of hits the nail on the head the whole yes, kind of yeah. the, the, the whole ethos of entrepreneur but also then that that you know the humble bragging and stuff like that and people are just not getting that is actually crap content stop it yeah you know yeah and you've got this the core group of people who do understand that it's crap content and then follow other people who say that it's crap content and then you've got your own kind of little bubble there and then you've got the other people that follow the crap content and they've got the little bubble over there and actually as much as i i, I take the piss out of them and and don't enjoy what they're they're doing the likes of kind of oleg and bridget and that they have their audience and they've got their people that they appeal to and they've also got the people that they don't appeal to and you know my stuff wouldn't necessarily appeal to them and you know what that's okay we all have different tastes um i think it's when it kind of 
enters into the, the this isn't Facebook territory, you shouldn't be posting this on LinkedIn, that's that's when it frustrates me because you know what? Just just scroll on by. It's not hurting you. Just just ignore it. But this is this is the the misunderstanding of the word social media. Social media is just more media. That's all it is. Yeah. Just more yeah. media and, how and it's social. And a social <laughs> more media in a social confine. So instead of everyone absorbing in media through a TV or through a newspaper or through an email, they're now absorbing it with other people at the same time yeah. in, a, in a collective, sometimes good or for bad, which we'll talk about in a bit. <laughs> but, um, but that's the problem. And, and how that media is delivered comes under the laws of marketing, which is yeah. anyway. There is no yeah, such thing as bad There's marketing. no such thing as the right way or the wrong way to do social media. But I think the real key um, and the thing that people are kind of moving away from in marketing um, and in, in social media is kind of the lack of authenticity. Um, yeah. So lots of people have put up this veneer of kind of my life's perfect. Here's my nice Rolex. Here's my fancy holidays. And it's just not reality for so many people. And you, you can't relate to that. Look, the vast majority of LinkedIn aren't going to be high-flying, multi-million-pound-a-year entrepreneurs. They're going to be average people like you and me, getting yeah. by, um, living their life. You know, nothing fancy. Yeah. And they want something they can relate to and something that they can laugh about and actually bring together that collective sort of voice. And you know what? Oh fuck it, life's a bit shit. Oh, my commute's a bit crap. You know, and and actually enjoy laughing at that together yeah i mean susan in accounts isn't going to be on linkedin to look for um those like remember hague associates and that high fly <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, you know, susan in accounts is not going to look at that but susan in accounts might look at the latest video from um from some recruitment agency that is you know slightly funny or talks about how to write the cv a little bit better or how to you know she, she might watch she might watch that or read a little bit yeah and and you know what sometimes your stuff doesn't have to add a huge amount of value it doesn't have to be insightful or coach somebody or you know what sometimes it just has to put a smile on someone's face yeah. or give them a laugh and that's it and people need to stop taking it so damn seriously because well, it's not that deep I, oh, I agree I agree and uh, you know some do you know the best the best kind of into well yeah the best type of social media post I seem to put out there is debatable so people will come in and debate and talk about it and if everyone walks away from it with a little tiny piece of kind of information then that's that thread's is done its job and i'm happy with that and then people will come back then later on to see what else you've said and what else yeah. you're talking about and it doesn't have to be a video it doesn't have to be a podcast it doesn't have to be just these things are just part and parcel of who you are as and you know what like debate's not a bad thing people seem to think that as soon as somebody disagrees with you that they're trolling you or oh, and it's, it's not <laughs> it's, it's not the case like um you know, I've posted stuff and sometimes the majority of people don't agree with me. And you know what? That's okay because it's just my opinion. That's just my opinion. You might not have got the context. You might have got upset. But you know what? As long as I'm not actually offending yeah. anyone in, in, you know, being kind of sexist or racist or homophobic or anything like that, it is just my opinion. You're not a Tory leader. You know, you're going to post things which are going to be controversial, but not at that kind of level of um, inciting racism or inciting no, exactly. <laughs> violence and, or 
Oopsie. And you, you know what? <laughs> the, the, these sort of things are, are ridiculous and they do get a bit out of hand at times. And uh, sometimes you have to take a step back and just think, look, it's just one girl's opinion on the internet. That's it. It, yeah. it really isn't that deep. I think where people do get upset is when you put something out there and you've got four or 5,000 likes on that thing and then you see that one person that's gravely offended by that comment that you made. And I don't know about you, do you read that person and kind of go, oh, I'm sorry? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, feel, um, I feel like, I'm sorry I offended you. I didn't mean to say that. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a proper kind of, I'm a yes man, I am. I, I hate upsetting people and hate, you know, conflict in real life. Like, I will actively go out of my way to avoid conflict. Um, I yeah. cry if someone kind of raises their voice to me. It's, <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm a crier, um, and it's it's crazy. And you do then kind of go out of your way to try and appease that person, and say, "Oh yeah, I think this," but also, "Yeah, valid point." Thanks, and it's yeah, you know, yeah. it, gets a bit, it gets a bit silly because you can't please everyone all of the time. No, and it's really hard. And and I, I sometimes, if it's an arsehole though, and they real proper trolls, <laughs> yeah, you know the ones, I kind of just go uh, delete block <laughs> do you know what if someone's getting sort of personal yes. if they're getting aggressive if they're moving away from the actual argument to just do a personal attack that is adding value to absolutely nobody and all they're doing is they're hankering for an argument and you know what i don't need that i haven't got the time in my day to dedicate to somebody just nitpicking and being personal and yeah. and going down that route if you want to attack my opinion and my idea, fine. But if you're going to go down the route of attacking me personally, no. Where social media or the location of where you are on social media becomes really important, I believe becomes really important, is when you do make personal attacks on people. Because if you're on Facebook, you're almost anonymous. Nobody actually quite knows. You can block loads of stuff and people don't really know who you are. Twitter to a point you could be a, a random yeah. person on Twitter. When it comes to LinkedIn and it's got your full bio of who the bloody hell you are, where you live <laughs> and the company and who you're managing, and then you can click on them and you see their managers. Um, that's when personal tax is a bit bloody weird, isn't it really? It's, isn't it? it's not just that. Um, and it, it really does make me angry at times that people think it's okay to go down that route just because they're hidden by sort of the veneer of the internet. Mm. Um, if you, you know, if you wouldn't say it on LinkedIn to someone and go down that route, then why should you be saying it on Twitter, on Facebook, on anywhere else? You know, the internet can be a really great place, but also a really horrible, really nasty place. Um, and I think if we're all a little bit more civil towards one another and actually a bit more well-reasoned and well-balanced with our arguments, the whole, the whole world would be a, a slightly nicer place. Yeah. And that's the, the one part about LinkedIn that kind of really does kind of worry, well, not worry me, it confuses me a little bit, where people, you know who they are, you know where they work, but they're being an absolute dickhead on, on the internet, on, on LinkedIn with a comment, being very personal. And the laws of debating seems to be missed by this person. They don't yes. play the ball. They, they, they play the person. And that's worrying. What are they like to work with? Your clients yeah. are seeing that. Your work but colleagues you know, are seeing that. You know what? They're probably not like that in person. The The internet makes big, brave people of us all. Um, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, we wouldn't say it in person to anybody. And you know what? If you wouldn't, then 
should you be saying it at all and you know we all do need to make a conscious effort to just be try and be all around nicer people to one another um and i think a lot of the time um context is lost over the internet and people seem to forget that context is just so hugely fundamental in opinions and arguments and when that's kind of lost then the whole kind of train of thought is gone and it just descends into kind of madness i mean i can give you an example on one of um one of my posts um again going back to kind of my mom's sense of humor and taking the piss out of herself i said something about oh my, my crappy um body and then i said oh well if you if you're normal like it wouldn't be an issue um <laughs> just joking like <laughs> my body is crap on days like there's days that i struggle getting out of bed and that's fine because it's mine and i can take yeah. the piss out of it yeah. and then i had somebody saying well that's offensive to disabled people saying that they're not normal and i'm like well I'm not attacking all disabled people. I'm attacking me. Yeah, as a you. Person nope. with a hidden disability. Yeah. That's who I'm attacking, me. And that's okay. Because humour helps us process things. Um, and I don't think somebody has the right to be offended on your behalf. That's another thing I'm seeing a lot of. People being offended on someone else's behalf. It's, it's happening massively lately. Everywhere. It's- it's and I don't want to be that guy that says that everyone is now starting to become a victim of something, and it's worrying that everyone's starting. You know, rise above that and don't be the victim. Be someone that changes the things. It's That's, it's a really difficult one, and and I know I, I, say, I, yeah, it, I don't, it does it does boil down to to kind of context so i'll give you an example of this and i'm hoping it's not going to kind of upset anyone my opinion on this one (laughs) if it does um but you had two examples recently of two people on the bbc one of them got fired one of them didn't so a little bit of context danny baker on his own twitter account his personal twitter account decided to tweet a picture of two people with a monkey and liken it to the new royal baby that's that's issue one the second one joe brand in a bbc show jokes about throwing acid in politicians faces now both of them stupid for a start Hmm. but number one danny baker was using his personal twitter account no kind of backing from the bbc and decided to tweet that as a Millwall fan who knows full well about the connotations of racism he posted that yeah joe brand was on a radio show that was commissioned by the bbc had been edited by the bbc and had then been released by the bbc it wasn't live and the show which people seem to conveniently forget in this argument was called heresy it was a show about stuff you can't say and she said something that really you can't say yeah so there's the context and there's the difference and for everyone saying they should fire joe brand well joe brand is not an employee of the bbc she was a guest yeah and was it a stupid comment yes do i think it was a callous comment massively so but at the same time people seem to forget the context when they're comparing the two arguments and this is what frustrates me a lot i agree i agree and I like what Ricky Gervais says about that. Comedy doesn't have lines, doesn't have, it just has offended people. That's all it has. Do you know what? It's a perfect, perfect example. Um, and someone that I went to university with, um, he actually made a, a really good point. He goes, 
either you laugh at everything or you laugh at nothing yeah yeah that's a it's and a really you, good point yeah and do you know what you can take the piss out of things and you can take the piss out of ideas but when it becomes a personal attack that's when it becomes offensive and that's when it becomes an issue that's yeah and this is when you are a real victim in that sense if it's yeah. not really offending you but you think it could offend someone then you're, you're just it's, playing into a stereotype there you know, yeah and it's it's not your place to be offended by that no you know if you are somebody who is privileged and you come and, and you're you know you're white like i am and you shout about something being racist and say oh somebody might be offended by that is it really your place to say what they'll be offended by or not yeah i'm not sure and it's a really difficult argument and i hope people don't think that i'm coming across as kind of callous no, I, think, at all. I, think, um, I think from a social media kind of posting perspective you, you you would kind of you will walk that tightrope of am i going to affect people or am I going to, you know, but at the end of the day, this message may have to be said at some point, whatever that And it's is. so, so difficult. But at the same time, I don't think we should, I don't think we should censor our voices completely either. Um, yeah, I agree with that. I totally but agree that. people always need to remember, um, freedom of speech does not mean freedom from consequences. Correct. Um, so you know think before you speak think before you post think before you tweet someone actually said something on i think it was facebook it was a, one of the comments in in um and it might have been when um nigel farage was saying something or it could have been linked to the joe joe brand thing as well and in the comments they actually made a real good point there's no such thing as freedom of speech on the social media because you sign up to the terms and conditions of yes. that place so you are really working within the confines of whatever that law rule whatever it is on that social media side is so if you are offensive if you are racist if you are you know horror type of person making personal comments then you're not just contravening um well you, so you can say it's freedom of speech as much as you bloody want but you're contravening social media terms and conditions so you could be thrown yeah. off never come back yeah and it, it does just boil down to that whole thing you can say what you like but that doesn't mean that there won't be consequences and if you are just spewing hatred and if you are inciting you know hatred between people like people like katie hopkins do she just thrives off it yeah no relation by the way just to no. <laughs> no <relation. laughs> she just she just absolutely thrives on causing division and causing anger between people and actually I don't think the world's as bad as the place as yeah. the media and people like to make out. I actually like to think that there's a lot more good and there's a lot more happiness in the world than what we're shown on a day-to-day -day basis. But what yeah. wins elections? Divisiveness. I was just going to say, what gets social media likes and views? Yep. Divisiveness. Yep. Yep. Mild, some of it, or really extreme Katie Hopkins kind of level. And this is why I said earlier on, there's no such thing as bad marketing. It's all marketing. It's all, you know, it's, it's all, it's all good as long as it delivers the exact message. Who was it? It's a really quick story. Many, many years ago, 
um, Heinz said he was going to stop selling salad cream. I don't know if this is a true story, but this is the story I remember. Um, and uh, because the sales of mayonnaise was going through the roof. So when they announced that, suddenly everyone bought salad cream thinking it was going to be discontinued. Uh, and, and that was their marketing to sell more salad cream. Now, but do you know what? I'm in, I'm in kind of two minds about things like that because I think on one hand, yeah, do, do what sells and do what needs to be said. Um, yeah. But on the other hand, I think we can all strive to be better and want better. Um, yeah, and push for better um, and I, I saw something today on um, on LinkedIn funny enough where I spend most of my day yeah. um, and it was on about branded viral content and okay. in my head I was thinking how can it be viral if it's branded and it was somebody doing the the whole bottle cap challenge um, and it was a bottle of Malibu and they were saying it was branded viral content because when everyone clicks on it and likes it and shares it, it's got Malibu there at the forefront. And I'm thinking to myself, well, one, that's not viral content. Viral is the thing that went viral in the first place. And nobody knows what's going to go viral. You, you don't know. It just happens. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a unique phenomena that yeah. you can work out. And, There's no formula for it. And then the branded part of that is ridiculous because most of us look at that and see right through it. I'm not going to watch somebody doing the bottle cap challenge and think, oh, you know what I fancy tonight? Nice glass of Malibu. That's not how it works. Um, and I think we could all be kind of striving for better in that sense and not appealing to kind of always going for the lowest common denominator, going for the easy likes and the easy comments and, and all of that. And, you know, I've been guilty of that myself. I post something that's a bit controversial and think, oh, I'll sit there with my popcorn and watch the likes flood in and, <laughs> you know, we're all guilty of it at times, but I think, you know, we, we can strive for better. Is there, a, is there any social media kind of personality out there that you're kind of thinking, yeah, that, that's really bad? You don't have to mention names, but is there someone, other than Oleg? Everyone says fucking Oleg. <laughs> it's problematic. Is there someone that stands up to you thinking, God, that's terrible? Do you know what? Not in particular at the moment. And I think the reason for that is I've got, a quite well curated network good um and if i don't like something i hide it and then if you the more you hide it the more that stuff doesn't appear in your feed um so i like to keep a fair amount of control over that so i don't tend to see too much what about the opposite what what is uh, like really blowing your mind that is awesome again i'm probably repeating what kira and tim have said i love the stuff that uh, the guys at hunted are doing yeah. Um, in terms of recruitment content, that is that's you know it's top notch. It's right up there. Um, I think Ox Seven, and um, they're doing some really good stuff as well. And um, they do a really nice mix of kind of industry specific, but also um, I think it's Molly. She does their, their I think they're done on a Friday. The sort of blog posts. Yeah. And sometimes they're about completely random stuff, but I always find myself sat there reading them. But you know, who they're they just are. good fun. And yeah. you know who they are. You know the people behind the brand. And I think that's the stuff that that's really working for me at the moment. And then you've got your obvious ones. You know, you've got your Mike Winnitz doing all the entrepreneur stuff, which I think is brilliant. But, you know, he doesn't need me gassing him up any more than he already no. gets from, from everywhere else. He's um, a bored billionaire. We all know what's going on. Like. <laughs> I, wish I, was a, I wish I was a bored millionaire. That sounds like a, a, a fun old time. Well, I, I, don't, I can't remember. I think it might have been Tim actually said to me, wouldn't you do the same? I was like, no, I'd actually just go and 
like close the door and forget about life <laughs> as a poor millionaire. Oh, you know what? If I was a poor shoulder. millionaire, I couldn't be asked for LinkedIn. I tell ah, you that. Come you know, on. I, couldn't, I could not be bothered. I would adopt so many dogs. <laughs> you, you'd never see me again because I'd just be under a sea of, of dogs. dogs. Of just and it'd be dogs. amazing. Yeah. And I'd love every minute of it. I just go, yeah, like I said, I just go mountain biking all day. That's all I'd do if I was me. I wouldn't bother with social. Well, other than Instagram, probably taking pictures of my new really fast bikes. Oh, um, God. And I'd go on so many holidays with my dogs. I'd make sure I'd go on holidays where I could take the, the horde of dogs with me. Yeah. Maybe I'd start a blog. Maybe I'd start a blog about taking my 30 dogs on exotic <laughs> holidays. It's 30 dogs now. <laughs> okay. It might be 40. It depends how much money I've got here. Yeah. Um, but I think that's the kind of content that people would tune in for. 30 dogs, trip to Bali. How did they get, yeah. yeah. How did you do that? I rented a plane and we just flew and they all had their own little dog seats. And... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that not the kind of content you would tune in for? Because I, I would tune in for that. You should make a YouTube channel about it as well. You know, the, the, the lives and problems of dog ownership. In the millionaire, uh, I, I mean, the the problem the problem with that is, um, yeah, I'm not a millionaire. Um, we are in our so, minds. We are in our. Yeah, minds. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if anybody wants to donate that and contribute to funding Sarah and her thirty dogs, um, take Asia, take America. It could be like <laughs> keeping up with the Kardashians, but Both. dogs. 30 dogs. What would you cut? No, don't let's not go through the names of all 30. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'd be here a while. Yeah, we'd be here. I'd give them all people names. They do all have some solid people names, like Winston. <laughs> yeah, Eric. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, no dog names. No dog names, proper names. And maybe middle names as well, whilst you're at it. Like. Oh yeah. Steve, oh yeah. Jeffrey Jones, yeah. what are you doing? Full on passports and everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, where did this podcast go then, Sarah? What happened here? <laughs> well, I started talking about dogs and it kind of descended from it's there. A, as a problem. This it's is a kind problem. of what happens with a lot of my conversations, unfortunately. <laughs> I like what? dogs, what can I say? I, I, yeah, <laughs> I like dogs. Um, I was going to say to you, you made me completely forget what I was going to ask you. Whose content do I like? I told you whose yes, content I like. Yes, that's it. Yeah. There is there is a format to these podcasts, by the way. Just like to let you know. So <laughs> trying to kind of get through some stuff yet. Um, the dogs bit wasn't. That's a, that's ad libbed. Uh, <laughs> what was I going to say to you was um, so so what is the the kind of I'm not going to ask you to list all your future content, but what is the kind of do you have like a like a a theme that runs through your content into the future, or is it just gut feeling that's going to work today? I'm going to give it a go. It's, um, it's gut feeling. Um, what I tend to do um, is when my brain's having one of those mad brilliant times where I come up with loads and loads of ideas which always seems to be when I'm trying to go to sleep um, oh, is no. I, I have a little word document open on my, my laptop and I always write down the idea for the post yeah. um, so sometimes I might have kind of four or five sort of vague ideas that are there which can kind of help me when I'm mm. struggling for ideas so at least I can I have, kind of little bit of consistency. I have Google Keep and I click into Google Keep and then do you know like the start of a job advert? And I think, oh that'd be an amazing start to a job advert. And I'll write it in Google Keep. 
<laughs> yeah, really no, it, it makes sense. It's, it's only like having a digital notepad. It, you know, it's no different. Um, and I think, you know, there's times where the idea as well runs dry. So at least you've got that to kind of go back to and kind of yeah. spare that on. Inspiration isn't one of those things that happens at all times every day, unfortunately. Otherwise, my life would be a lot easier. I was just going um, to, that, that was kind of leading into that question about inspiration. And I have days, especially with videos, I haven't got a freaking clue what I'm going to do. And in fact... Yeah, me neither. I, in fact, do you know what I do? Nothing. I don't even post. I don't even... Look, do. look Mark, one of my best posts recently, um, I posted, um, um, I'm not the funniest, I'm not the smartest, I'm not the best recruiter in your network, I'm not this, I'm not that. And I go, yeah, but I bet I'm the only person who split the lip open on a tin of baked beans. And it got hundreds of likes and I could not, believe it and i posted it on a sunday so it doesn't make sense this social media thing people like to make sense of it and you can have some rules and some ideas but some days it just doesn't make sense it it is extraordinary like the best i put a couple of years back i did a rap (laughs) (laughs) i'll have to find it and it was uh oh i've forgotten the name of who it was it was a comedian rapper, but it, they were out in the charts at the time. And I just changed the words to more of a recruitment-based lyrics. And, Excellent. I'm a big fan of that. I, I will try to find it and I'll send it to you later. Um, I look forward to it. <laughs> you will. You will enjoy it. Um, and um, I had the Recruiter Magazine contact me. <laughs> great great oh, yeah. man contact me. I, I think it's in the Recruiter Magazine if you, if you look for it. Google me in there. And, oh, excellent. Uh, and and I had hundreds and hundreds of comments and likes and everything. And I I did that off a whim. I was yeah. literally just sat at my desk going, Oh, that'd be a good idea. That's a good song. Let's change the words. And and the I didn't edit it. That was it. That was the, 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 the first take. They're, they're the it? best ones. Look, my, my very best post, the one that went viral and started it all, you know, the millions I make off social media. Yeah. Um <laughs> It was one about translating office emails. Um, I don't know if you remember it. It was, I think, a couple of years ago now. Um, and it was basically translating all the shit people say in emails. So secretly, we're all passive-aggressive wankers. Yes. Um, and don't like what we mean. Um, and it got something like 11,000 likes and, uh, and that. And it was, it was mind-blowing um, how long kind of the engagement from that lasted. Um, and then, as I say, I post something about fucking baked beans and get hundreds of likes. And then, you know, it, it, you, sometimes you've just got to go with your gut and not overthink it and not overthink certain times of the day or yeah. certain days to post. And sometimes if you've got a great idea, get it out there. And sometimes it'll work and sometimes it won't. But, you know, what have you lost from trying? Nothing. There is people listening to this right now probably thinking, why? you doing that what is it doing to you your day-to-day your personal brand your company you work for it, it, can, can you kind of quantify yeah, it for people i definitely can um so um we have gone from um so when i first joined um in city um every single position bar probably about one or two in a year were filled through an agency um when I came in um, initially, we, we reduced that um, quite significantly in terms of agency usage. And then once I went on that that copywriting course, um, I think something like 80% of our direct hires are actually through ad responses. 
um, really fantastic candidates coming through. Um, and they don't always see that on job boards. They might see something from something I've posted on LinkedIn. Um, some of our best candidates, some people who are, you know, still here now doing a fantastic job, have contacted me, contacted me directly on LinkedIn. Um, it makes my job easier. It seems like hard work creating content, but it makes my job easier. And I think in the long term, I think my career will end up going more down the route of, of communications, content and that side of things. Um, but it's all about that brand as well. Um, Intercity, you know, they're a, they're a really great company to work for, but I can't sit on an employee video saying that because I sound biased as hell because it's my yeah. job to recruit people. Yeah. Um, but showing, but what, to, but what you do, that's a company going, you crack on Sarah. And that reflects in a different way, doesn't it? That shows. Yeah. Oh. It's, it, it, you know what it is? It's showing, not telling. Yeah. Um, and instead of forcing it down people's throats, what we're like, it's like, you know what? They let me have a bit of freedom and a little bit of fun and a little bit of creativity. And you know what? If you worked here, you could have that too. Um, mm. So it makes that, that side of my, my job easier. Um, and you know what? It is, the other reason is it's fun. You know, I've met some yeah. really great people through social. I've started Higher Right purely based off social. Um, you know, we, we see kind of big things for that. Um, so yeah it's you know varied are the reasons but I think anybody out there is thinking should I do it should I have a go should I try this content game yes what have yeah. you got to lose it doesn't yeah. cost you anything and people are really concerned if I put it out there the whole entire world would know no they won't so 90% of them have scrolled past they didn't even read it but the thing is, so what, if, so what if they do, you know, yeah, exactly, as I said yeah. before, you're never going to please all of the people all of the time. Correct, yeah. And if 50% of people hate your posts, okay. But if 50% of them love them and regularly come back for more, yeah. especially if you're looking at, at it from a sales perspective, you've already deselected the people that wouldn't use you anyway. And yeah. instead, you've got an engaged audience of people who relate to you, relate to your content, and actually would end up being quite a good customer because they're on that same level with yeah. you. Yeah. And also, when you've got those engaged people, they will like it, they will comment. Even the uh, people which don't like it still comment. And and that gets out to a wider audience anyway. So when you look at the prospective audience of views of your post, suddenly it's gone into the tens of thousands because a group of people enjoyed what you've written. And then it yeah. cascades. Or didn't. Or didn't, or didn't enjoy it. Correct. So, sorry, matter. yes. That's the, sorry, and that I, was that was what I was trying to get to. They didn't yeah. enjoy it. But then... And I think people forget this as well. Um, and actually, if you really hate a piece of content that much, actually, you're better off hiding it from your um, your timeline or just scrolling on past and you are commenting on it. Because if you comment on it, you then one of your worse. connections does and you get notified. And more people comment, and guess what stays in your timeline? That post that you actually didn't like in the first place. Whereas if you just hide it or scroll by, yeah. it'll die out because your then connections aren't seeing it because you're not commenting on it. And yeah. people seem to forget that that's how social works. Yeah. It, I, I find that fascinating. And even like, oh, this is freaking wrong. No. And then 200 other people are going, well, that guy's really mental <laughs> do you know what I mean and, and they've liked twice as many likes because that guy went mental on your thread this is it's nice. mind-blowing um but the you know the only downside to that is is one you get some people kind of vehemently um 
you know opposed to what you're saying and, and and can get quite aggressive as we've mentioned and I'm not that kind of person at all I don't deal well with it <laughs> um so trying to appease people and uh, and that's quite difficult and then the, the worst is when people um take the time to uh, to send you a direct message oh I love them I'm sorry Sarah. do you oh I love do the you? direct I really do. no I don't I'm sarcastic I get direct messages sent to me um normally being critical of my videos by the way um I I would guarantee you I'll get one a month <laughs> about a video but, like, but, but just what what is the need what is the need to go and somebody Tell them that you massively disagree. You hate what they're saying. You hate what they're about. You know what joy is that actually bringing to your life? I, I don't know. I really don't. Do, I had, do you know? I just think some people kind of revel in in, in just being bitter. I, and it's I, a bit sad. I don't. I when oh, it's really when I did NLP, they were, they used to teach you or explain to you that people do things for only good reasons. There's no bad reasons people do things. Even when someone murders someone, they're doing it for a good reason in their mind. Okay, I know it's hard to get your head around that. Um, Is that right? But you think about it; it's making them happy, hurting that person. And that, that is a very similar psychology effect to someone sending a direct message to someone. What if you could find the good intention in what they've done and why they're doing it, you could kind of see it from their perspective. That's just me being a really nice human being to that horrible person sending that weird message. But what I don't understand is at what point in your day of hating that message, do you stop yourself and go, I'm going to send them a message to this person about that video so they watched the entire video or they read your entire post then spent time constructing a message in the, against it and sending it directly to you why oh, <laughs> which, you know what? i'm not i'm not even going to try and kind of justify that behavior I, I don't understand it i don't I don't understand it at all because you know what I, I really don't see why you would enjoy being miserable and spreading that misery when instead you could focus on being happy and spreading happiness yeah and i know which one makes the world a nicer place because you know what there's a lot of horrible shit going on out there there's a lot of horrible stuff we hear day to day don't spread misery if you don't have to you know um, yeah my mom again lesson lessons from the the potter parents again <laughs> uh, my mom and dad were absolutely amazing parents i just thought i'd throw that in there give them a shout out on a podcast they'll never listen to um, <laughs> the lesson they always taught me and it is colored kind of all the conversations i have all the things i do if no one is hurting you or anybody else you do you yeah. let them do whatever if it's not hurting you leave them alone and when I see these conversations about people being gay or being tr transgender or all of this stuff, and all I think in the back of my mind is, are they hurting you? Are they hurting yeah. anybody else? No, leave them to it. And that's it. That's all there is to it. It's, it's some, I don't know if it's some kind of insecurity or it's, it's an OCD. Oh, like you say, let's not try to justify it. I'm not a psychologist. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's nuts. Um, so yeah, um, I guess we we better end this because we could talk for bloody hours. About yeah, you will this. be here for a long time if you keep, <laughs> keep me on. Um, so where can people find you, Sarah? Where, where do you normally hang out? Pubs? LinkedIn. Pub? LinkedIn, there we are. <laughs> yes. um, so, yeah, <laughs> um, I think my profile is hashtag Sarah.Potter or something like that. 
and okay. obviously obviously um, you're one of the brains behind higher right talent yes yeah well. one of the uh, one of the meme lords over on there um, <laughs> i have actually put that as my job title meme um that is the happiest job title i think i have or will ever have um I love it. So yeah, you can find me there. You can find me over at Higher Right. And if you are looking for a job in the IT industry, Yay. hit me up. So there what, we go. So, so that people just play with keyboards all day. Is that the type of people you're on about here? Well, yeah. you know, I do everything from first line, second line, pre-sales, network engineers, marketing, finance, and everything in between. Oh, Jack of wow. all trades. <laughs> <laughs> I I've had some of those type of jobs in the past, and, and I kind of like, oh, okay, they're not easy jobs to fill. I know that much. <laughs> they're <laughs> not, no, but no, uh, no. you know, positive outlook and all of that. So yeah, yeah no, it's all good. Definitely. Hey, Sarah, thank you very much for being on this. Thank podcast. you for having me on and listening awesome. to me ramble on for we, over we, an hour. We promised we'll be a lot of ranting, a lot of moaning, <laughs> and some swear words as well so uh we we did there were a few there were a few i did deliver on my promises so that's the important thing <laughs> but again thank you very much for being on my podcast and thanks for having me see you again bye see you soon bye how do you follow up after sarah how do you what do you say and I think the best thing to say is go and follow her. Go and see what she's just been telling you, preaching to you in practice. And um, go and check it out. Um, she does an extraordinary good job, very hardworking in what she does at the same time. And if you're one of those type of people that really are struggling to get good messages across on social media, maybe writing good job adverts, you can also hire Sarah as well as Tim and Kira at Hire Right Talent. You can hire those guys. You can hire their talent to write your job adverts for you, to write some social media posts for you at the same time. So go and check those guys out. And yeah, please follow them at the same time because they are really a good bunch of people. Um, for me, that is it for this episode. So hopefully we're going to have some more episodes soon. I really hope you're enjoying them so far. Please give me feedback. And if you want to be on one of my podcasts, reach out. Let's have a chat. You know where it's about now. It starts with you. And you can tell me your story about how it started with you. Take care. Bye-bye.